Welcome to Your Safe Space, the podcast. I'm your host, Adele Marie, and this podcast is here for you. It is a safe space for us to catch up each week to discuss anything and everything. And on today's show, we are talking all things money. Hi, guys. Welcome to episode 13. What the hell? Also, can I just say, and maybe I'm having a geek out moment, it's October 13 today, and I'm recording episode 13. I feel like, I don't know, some kind of alignment in the air. (laughs) I don't know. I'm just really happy despite it being probably the worst day in Melbourne weather in a long time. So we are scheduled for, I think, like six months of rain today. And I just drove to the studio. It's pouring down rain and it was fine. Like it's not heavy rain, but it's enough that when you like drive on the freeway, the rain like flicks off the tires and just makes it really hard. And so I had the wind wipers going really fast and I was like, just get to the episode, just get to the recording studio. Anyway, I made it. I'm fine. Drove safely as always. Hopefully you guys, obviously you're listening to this on Sunday, but I hope that you stay dry on Thursday and I hope that you are okay. I know that some areas of Melbourne have been warned, have been warned for flooding and yeah, it's just really scary. So take care of yourself, look after yourself and hopefully we get some sunshine. If you are in other parts of Australia, obviously, Obviously, you guys always would have better weather than Melbourne, so enjoy that. But I hope you're going well. I hope your week has been good. Hope that something good has happened to you. Hope you've got a highlight or, you know, something great to share. Now, I do need to say before we get into this episode, a little apology about last week because that was my first time having a guest on the show with me and I did not realize while we were recording that Suze's mic was lower than mine. I think she was also talking lower as well. And so I heard some feedback from you guys. And thank you. Can I say you are welcome to give me feedback anytime. I don't take it personally. I think I want this show to be good. I want the sound quality to be good. I want the content to be good. So I'm always open to your feedback. Never be shy to give me that feedback. Obviously say it kindly, which you guys did. But yeah, her mic or her sound was a lot lower than mine. So some of you had to like turn the volume down for me and turn the volume up for her. And I did not realize that while we were recording or while we while we were editing. And then I also didn't realize that the intro and outro music was so loud. I don't know what happened to it. Anyway, I'm sorry about that. Hopefully this week is better. Hopefully we won't have that again. And it was a lesson for me. The next time I have someone else on the show, we won't have that happen again. Now, as always, what is your highlight? What is your gratitude for the week? I want you to hold some space for it. I'm I'm smiling while saying this because this week has been the first week of the Facebook community for this podcast. And guys, my highlight is the group because... For the first time this Wednesday, I put a post in there saying like weekly highlight, weekly gratitude, because each week we will have a weekly post for that. And I more or less said, if you're comfortable sharing, share your highlight, share your gratitude. If you're not comfortable sharing or you don't have a highlight, you can also share what you're struggling with. But it was so nice for me to actually read the comments and interact with you guys and actually hear what your highlights are and actually hear what your gratitudes are. And it was just, I don't know, I had... I had this worry about the Facebook group and I don't know why now because I'm like, far out. I've got the most amazing people in there. And if you have Facebook, I mean, I don't really use Facebook that much, but I'm just in there on my own podcast (laughs) group now. So if you have Facebook, come join us. It is your safe space podcast community. And the link for that will be in the show notes or it's in the bio of the Instagram page. It's also in the bio of my personal Instagram page as well, but come and join us. We are having such a good time in there. I do have to shout out. There was one community member who shared 
a post of her dog and said, inspired by Franklin, let's share the dogs of your safe space podcast. And guys, it wasn't even just dogs. It was pets. Sorry. And I got to see your cats. I got to see your dogs. I even got to see your bunnies. And I mean, I was looking for a bird. I don't think I saw a bird. If you've got a bird, go and drop the bird in there because I want to see your birds. I love birds. One day I will have my own bird. I think they're the cutest things and I think they're really smart, but it was so nice to see all your animals and I just love it. And it just made my heart so full. And I just thought I had worry about this group. And obviously at the moment, I'm going to say it's still very maintainable. I've got some great admins, but I think there's about a thousand of us in there at the time of this recording and the energy has just been really beautiful. And I just want to thank you guys for making it that because I always say this, this doesn't exist without you. Your safe space does not exist without you guys. If you don't listen to the episodes, if you don't download the episodes, if you don't join the Facebook group, if you don't interact with anything, it doesn't exist. So it can't exist without you. So thank you for making it what it is. And thank you for allowing me to come back each week, get in your ears and talk about all the things that I want to talk about. Now today, oh wait, hang on. I've got to say my gratitude. I forgot to say that, but I am finally feeling better because I'm back in the gym this week and you won't hear it, but I do edit out all the coughing that I do. I think I've got like mild asthma or something come on after whatever it was that I had. I'm not sure if it's going around at the moment, but I'm finally feeling better. I've been to the gym most days this week, whether it's just for a walk or to do some weights and I am feeling like myself again. It's almost like I'm getting my real personality back. So yeah, I'm feeling a lot better and I'm so grateful to be able to do that because yeah, having a healthy body means that I can do the things that bring me joy. And so I'm feeling much better. I also want to mention as well, because next week something exciting is happening and I want to give you guys a heads up before it happens because I don't just want you to listen to next week's episode and be like, what the fuck is this Adele? So next week we have our very first show sponsor. Guys, I'm so excited about this and I'm really grateful because again, this wouldn't exist without you. But up until this point, and full disclosure, we are 13 episodes in, I have not made any money from this podcast and the intention was never to make money, but the intention was to create a community and to create a listenership, which I have done. And then on top of that, a lot of work goes into this podcast. So you guys don't see this, but the planning, the producing, the editing, for one episode, it probably takes me about 20 to 25 hours. I always say the podcast is like equivalent to a part-time job. And of course, I want to be, I guess, rewarded for that effort. And what that means is by having a show sponsor, it means that we can invest back even more into the podcast and even more into the community, which means a lot to me. And I'm just really excited. So next week, I will read out an ad for the first time on your safe space. And I just wanted to let you know that because at this point, I haven't had any ads being put into the podcast and I haven't read any ads yet, but the show sponsor is one of my favorite brands and I can't wait to read out the ad for them. And I'm really grateful for them and I'm really grateful for you guys. But yeah, I just wanted to let you know that. I just, I prefer everything to be transparent and I prefer everything to be above board. I just think that transparency is important and I will always keep that with you guys. So after we have done all the housekeeping, I think we can get into today's episode, which is about money. Now I have decided that today's episode is essentially going to be a part one because when I asked you guys to ask questions for this, there were a lot of things that came up and I just think I can't cover all of it in one episode. And I think I would love to do another episode on on say buying a property because I've got some experience there that I can share with you. I would even love to have my broker on the show so that you can hear from her. And I would also even love to have a financial planner 
or an expert on the show and I have been in discussion with two of them who I would love to get on down the track as well. But today is really just like the foundation, I think. And it's more about, you know, mindset around money and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to share with you a lot in this episode and I hope that you get value from it. But I just wanted to make that very clear because legally I cannot give financial advice. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a financial planner. I don't have that certificate that allows you to give financial advice. And so I'll just be sharing my story and then I will try to unpack some general things that may help you in relation to money. So please note that this podcast episode is not financial advice. I'm not going to give you financial advice. I'm just going to be sharing my experience. As always, let me run through the layout of the show. First up, I'm going to tell you my money story and I have a very interesting one, one that I think may help others because some of you may also be in the same position that I was in and I'm excited to go through that with you guys. I'm then going to give you a practical activity that you can do to become more aware of your own story and your own relationship with money. And then I'm going to give you my favorite things or tips that I've done for managing money. And lastly, on this part of the show, I'll give you some of my favorite platforms who I have learned everything that I have learned from. And these are other podcasts, other Instagram accounts, other TikTok accounts that I am obsessed with and that I think you should also become. I'm obsessed with because there's a lot more information there than what I can cover on this show. And then as usual, we will dive into our listener questions. So our listener questions this week will cover off Afterpay, an emergency fund and how to spend without feeling guilty. And I also want to say before we get into it, if you are struggling with your money, you can contact a financial counselor. This is actually a free and confidential service. I'm going to link that in the show notes for you. And I also want to say if you are in crisis and struggling to make ends meet, I have linked some urgent help with money in the show notes as well, or you can call the National Debt Hotline on 1-800-007-007. All right, guys. Now, my money story. Let's jump into it. I'm so happy, firstly, that I can talk about this now because my story with money has been a long one. It has been one full of ups and downs, and it's one that I actually used to carry a lot of shame and a lot of guilt. I just felt like I had this really heavy thing like weighing on my chest and weighing on my shoulders, and I'm not in that place anymore, and I can talk about it, and I'm so happy that I can. And I think with most stories, right, it goes back to your childhood. And I always say this, that a lot of the behaviors or way that we act or speak or think in our adult life is behaviors and habits and things that are formed from our childhood. And I think if I go back to my childhood or like even like the very first time I started earning money at my first job, I really had no understanding of the value of money. (laughs) And I think this is where my problem started. And I, I remember vividly my very first job, I was a waitress at a wedding reception and I used to be paid like $70 cash in hand for a lot of work. I would start at 2 p.m. on a Saturday setting up for like a wedding or something like that and I would usually finish around midnight and I'd be paid $70 cash in hand for that. I was 14 at the time and I was earning money but I had no idea what the value of it was. Despite working such long hours for such little money, I still had no understanding of it. My view of money was incredibly skewed and I think from the second I earned it, I always spent it. I was a spender. I was definitely a spender. I'm going to say I'm a saver now, but I was a spender there. And from that job into my next one, which was a job at Woolworths, a part-time job there, the behavior 
behavior just continued. And I don't blame my parents because I don't think my parents are irresponsible with money. I think my parents, I had a very, I'm going to say like average upbringing. I'm going to say we're probably like a middle class family. I went to a Catholic primary school, a Catholic high school, not a private school, still an expensive school to send your kids to, but I never went without anything. And I'm not going to say that I'm like a spoiled child because I don't think I was, but you know, I, I definitely think that I still didn't understand my parents working hard to be able to do that stuff for me. I just had no connection of it. And the first red flag I'm going to say on myself was taking out a car loan when I was 18 or 19. I took out a car loan for $5,000. And can I just say, fuck you, ANZ, because I worked part-time at Woolworths. You should not have been approving a $5,000 car loan for a 19-year-old working part-time at Woolworths. Can I just say that? I think that's really highly irresponsible. But anyway, I took out a car loan because I think I had had a car accident. It's true. I had a car accident in my first year of having my license and I needed to buy a car and I did that. And that was for me another moment in my life where it just reinforced this whole idea that like the value of money wasn't connected to what I was then getting in return. It just reinforced that idea for me. And I also had absolutely no idea how interest worked or how a loan worked. I was very uneducated. I didn't get taught this at school. I also didn't have this conversation with my parents. And at this point, I was over 18. I was an adult. I could do what I wanted. But I really had no idea how any of it worked. And I just gone and got myself into $5,000 debt without really understanding what the hell I just did. Now, again, the behavior still continued. I was living paycheck to paycheck and I really thought that I was doing fine. There was not one part of me at this point, And I was thinking about it while planning this podcast. There was not one point in my life at that moment where I thought I'm, what I'm doing is really bad. I've gone into debt without understanding. This is terrible. I had no idea. As I said, it was coming from a lack of education. Now, I was working part-time at Woolies. As I said, I was also going to, had I started uni yet or had I started my first full-time job? No, I was still working part-time and I was also paying back the car loan with the smallest amount possible. Okay. I wasn't then trying to pay it off any quicker because I didn't, I wasn't told to do that. Like the bank really didn't teach me anything, but then the story escalates, right? I'm going to say this is maybe me around like 20 now. I still got this car loan. As we know, Adele went through a very big party phase. She continued to live paycheck to pay check and whatever money I was earning, aside from whatever minimal amount was then going to my car loan, I was spending. I was spending it on clothes. I was spending it on club entry. I was spending it on alcohol. I was spending it on substances. I was not spending my money very wisely at all. It then gets even worse because I took a trip to Europe and some of you might even remember that trip to Europe. I didn't talk about this at the time, but I didn't save up and pay for that trip to Europe. I redrew that car loan to go to Europe, which some of you are probably listening to this being like, oh my God, that's shocking. Why would you go into debt for a holiday? I know, I know, but look, we're not judging past Adele. She did the best she could. We're having compassion for past me, okay? And I'm also having compassion for any of you listening to this who might've done the same thing because there are stats that have been revealed from the ABS, but there's a percentage of Australians that take out personal debt or consumer debt to be able to fund holidays. And it's something that is still happening to this day. And that's something that I did. And I didn't talk about it at the time. Looking back now, I don't regret doing what I did because I actually had a really good time. But 100% would I go back and maybe save that money instead and maybe not just feed into that behavior of, oh, well, I can just borrow money from the bank to get something that I want, which is what the car loan initially taught me. It taught me that I can just go and ask for money from the bank. They'll give it to me. I can then get this car. And then it was like, oh, well, I can go and get this money from the bank and they can give it to me and I can go on a holiday.
holiday. And still in my mind, I had no idea how the interest was working. I had no idea how the payback was working. And I was just getting myself into quite a bit of debt. Again, I'm going to say this, and this is not financial advice, but if you are needing to take a loan out or use a credit card to fund a holiday, you should not be going on that holiday. And yes, there might be some tough love in this episode, guys, but it's because I really care about this and because it can change the trajectory of your future. Now, this takes me to about, I'm going to say 23, 24, and I was in so much debt. I think I was in about 25, 30 grand worth of debt by this point, which is fucked. Sorry for all the swearing. I also then started using Afterpay. (laughs) Afterpay for me was just another line of credit that taught me and reinforced these terrible, terrible habits. Afterpay, and I'll get to Afterpay in the listener questions, but Afterpay was another way for me to have what I wanted without paying for it all up front and again, created more disconnect with what I was spending my money on. I was also, I'm going to say, very lucky that I did not have a credit card at this time. All of my debt was in like personal loans or Afterpay. I reckon I would probably be an up shit creek if I had a credit card. And so I'm on this trajectory of getting into debt. I've got these shit money habits and there was still not a moment for me where I was thinking this is wrong, this is bad, this is not a good idea. I didn't know better. But we then had a saving grace moment and Adele had got offered her first, I'm going to say, big girl job in Sydney. And this was the wake up call for me because in 2018, I had been offered my first six figure salary. I was also in so much debt at this point. The role that I got offered was 110,000 at the time. I'm not gatekeeping anything this episode. I'm telling you figures because it's important. If I'm telling you my debt, I'm telling you what I was earning just so you can have a clear, transparent picture. But it was 110, including super. And then I was able to make commission on top of that because I was in a sales role. And this was a huge opportunity for me. It was a huge opportunity for me financially, professionally, and it was also cool personally because I got to move to another state. But at the same time, while I was feeling all this excitement, I felt so sick because I had like this dirty little secret that I had so much debt, right? And no one, no one would have fucking known, right? And people listening to this are going to be like, wow, Adele, I had no idea. And some of my friends and family will listen to this and be like, wow, I had no idea. I felt sick. I had so much guilt and so much shame and I had almost just had this awakening moment and I had promised myself that by me taking this job, I was going to make it worthwhile. I had promised myself that by accepting this new promotion and also working really hard to get that promotion was going to be worthwhile. This was the starting point for me of when my story with money changed. And so I moved to Sydney and whatever extra cash I was earning from this new job after paying my rent, because if you live in Sydney, you will know the rent in Sydney is astronomical. After paying my rent, I started paying off my debt and I had made a promise to myself that I'd funnel all my extra money into my debt. And that really then stepped up for me the following year in 2019 when I started listening to a podcast called She's on the Money. Now, She's on the Money to this day is my most favorite podcast in the world and it absolutely freaking changed my life. And I think you guys need to go listen to it. If you're liking this episode so far, please go listen to that from the beginning. You may already be a She's on the Money listener. If you are, hello. Thank you for being in your safe space community as well. But I started listening to this podcast and I also, I think it was fairly soon after it launched, I booked in an hour of power. They were selling these hour of powers. And what that was, was basically you'd sit down with someone from their team and they would go through your money situation. They would look at your debt. They look at your income. They look at your rent. They look at all your expenses, your bank statements, all this stuff and sort out a plan for you. And I remember it vividly because the hour of power was, I think like $300 
$330 at the time. It's probably, I don't know if they even do it now, but I think it, it could be more expensive. But for me, it was worth every cent because that was like the firecracker up my butt. I was already on a good trajectory for about a year here on like paying down that debt. But this was the next level for me because I wasn't going as aggressively as I could have with paying down my debt. And when we sat down, looked at my income, my spending and got really clear on it, I was able to then have a very aggressive budget in place to get me out of this debt because at this point I was, how old was I? 25, 24, 25. I think I just turned 25 actually in that year. I really wanted to buy property and I really wanted to have that. And I thought if I'm in all this debt, I I can't do that, right? And so this hour of power was fantastic because we figured out this budget, we figured out this like cash flow system, what would happen to my money when it got paid. And it was just really helpful because it was like the most education I had ever received about money. And I'd finally gotten the guidance that I so desperately needed. And don't get me wrong, you can get this guidance from listening to their podcast, but this was more one-on-one and I really needed it. And so my main goal here was just pay off this consumer debt. It wasn't worry about a house. It wasn't worry about anything else. It was pay your rent, pay your bills, get rid of this fucking debt. And so I'll share some more things that I did in the tips when we get to that. But what worked for me was just having one focus instead of thinking too far ahead. I had one almost like tunnel vision. Around this time, I had a few other things happening. So I had closed my afterpay account. I had also moved in with my ex, which cut my rent and it also cut my living expenses. As I said, rent in Sydney is still really crazy, but that helped me. And then I was also offered another job. So I was offered a job at a different company, which was the most recent company. That was my most recent nine to five. That's the job you would have heard me talk about when I said I had resigned from it. And basically this was really good timing for me because what had happened was the job was about $10,000 more in base salary and it was plus super. The other one was including super. So that's really important. Whenever you guys are going for a job, by the way, plus super, that's what you want. There was also then the opportunity for me to earn commission on top. As I said, I was in sales roles, but I took this job and it was the best thing I did for myself. Not only because I was ready to leave the other job, but I got quite a large payout from my other job. I had my annual leave paid out. I also had company shares. So the company that I worked for was a large ASX listed company and they invested shares for you each year and they paid out my shares. And then I also had my bonus paid out because I would get an annual bonus as part of being on the sales team. And so I had received this lump sum payout and I remember it so fucking vividly. It was a lot. It was a lot of money and it was almost enough to cover whatever debt I had left over. And I did not spend one cent of that payout. It was the most amount of money that I had ever had in my bank that wasn't a negative. I feel like I'm going to cry talking about this because I remember that day so much. And I had like, I I had so much shame about it. Fuck, why am I crying? I just remember it. I had, it was the first time that my account wasn't in negative and I literally <laughs> lumped it straight into my debt. And I think I had like maybe a thousand or so left. And I said to myself, we've got to get rid of this before the end of the year. And in November, 2019, I made my last ever payment on my personal debt. And I remember it so, so vividly. I called up the lady at ANZ and I was like, I need to close this fucking account. And she was like, congratulations. Like, this is amazing. And I was like, thank you. And I was crying on the phone. And it wasn't until this point that I actually told my ex at the time that I had been in so much debt. 
and you know I felt finally free and I felt like oh my gosh I can actually start saving for the life that I want now and the good thing about me being in so much debt was that I was so aggressive in terms of paying it down and I then had that like behavior in place to then go on to save for my house. Now my next plan after paying off my debt was to save an emergency fund and I'll talk a little bit more about that when we get there and then I went on to save for my first property. So from November I'm going to say 2019 to November 20. 2021. I'm going to say that's probably how long it took me to save up my house deposit. And by the way, can I just say, if you are in debt now, sorry, I meant to mention this before, but if you're in debt now, please do not feel shame about it. Please do not feel guilty about it. Please do not feel bad about it. The things that we do are because sometimes we don't know better and beating yourself up about it is not going to make it any better. I hope that you can take some stuff away from this show and that can help get you on the right path. Now, I also want to say, please do not compare yourself to me either because I know that saving for a house deposit in two years is fairly quick. I note my privilege in the fact that I have I had a very high paying job and I also need to note my privilege in the fact that my job was unaffected during COVID. I worked in the energy industry. Energy was deemed essential and so I worked all throughout that COVID period. I do want to say I was still paying rent in Sydney until June of 2021. So I actually moved back to Melbourne in March of last year and I moved back with my mum and dad, shout out to them. But I was still paying rent in my Sydney apartment because my housemate at the time didn't want to break the lease. But I still rented and I still worked really hard. Both of those jobs when I moved to Sydney and when I took that job with the second company, I worked so hard. I didn't get paid my commission or paid my bonuses or even get the promotion because I didn't work. Like I was working 10 hour days sometimes. Sometimes I was doing 12 hour days. I would go over and above in every single job that I had. I'd go over and above for my clients and I would be like hustling to get these deals signed because I knew that if I got these deals signed, that meant more commission, that meant more money, that meant I could buy my property. And so I made a lot of sacrifices and I worked really hard and I was able to save up that deposit and then go on to purchase my property, which I bought in March of this year. Now, there were, as I said, a lot of questions about buying a house and saving for a house deposit. This episode is not going to be about that, but I just needed to touch on that as that's part of my story. Now, I know that that's a lot to take in. I'm going to take a deep breath because that made me a little bit emotional, but I'm going to give you guys a practical activity. Now, I love self-reflection on this podcast and I will always come on here and say that the first place we start is, is with ourselves. We start with awareness and I'm going to give you an activity that you can either journal out or that you can just think about while you're listening to this, especially if you're driving or you're walking. Maybe you want to do it on your notes if you're walking, but I want you to do this because I think that if you are unhappy with where you are with your money, you can't move forward if you don't know where you're at. You have to understand where you're at now and why you're there and that self-awareness is what we aim for and when we aim for self-awareness, we always do it with kindness. We always do it with compassion and so unpacking your relationship with money can just help you move towards your goals and you might not want to do this. I know that for some of us talking about money can be really icky. I know that a lot of us are taught you don't speak about money, you don't tell people what you earn, you don't do XYZ. I think it's important to talk about because if we don't talk about it, people don't have the knowledge and then they can get themselves into really sticky situations. So here are the questions. There's a few of them, but I'm going to go through them. So the first one is, what is the first thing I think of when I think of money? Write that down or think about it. Question number two, what is my relationship with money like? Write that down, think about it. Question number three, how did my relationship with money develop and why? Has it always been like this? 
and then go through the answer for that. Question number four, do I spend my money as soon as I get it or do I save my money? Question number five, what emotions or energy do I feel when I am spending money? Again, use the emotion wheel. That will help you. Question number six, is there any money left over before I get my next paycheck or do I live paycheck to paycheck? Please don't judge yourself for anything that is coming up. There's no right or wrong. This is just so we can get an understanding of where you're at. Question number seven, am I an impulse buyer? Are you doing a sneaky lunch break shop? Are you planning a shopping day out? Maybe you're not an impulse buyer. Maybe you think about your purchases. Question number eight and my favorite one, do I use shopping as a way of self-soothing? I used to do this a lot. I used to party to self-soothe. I used to drink. I used to do lots of things to self-soothe and shopping was one of them as well. Question number nine, what do I spend most of my money on? Again, no right or wrong. We're just wanting to bring awareness. Next question. What are the ways I have attempted to control my spending? Did they work or not? Next question. Do I have a budget? Yes or no? And we'll get to our budget in a second. If you don't have one, don't panic. I will help you. And then the next question. When was the last time I felt guilty about a purchase? And why did I feel guilty about it? I had so much guilt in my money story, especially at the start. And then the next question, this one is important. What would I do if I was to lose my job tomorrow? Do I have enough money in my account for bills, food, rent to survive? Next question. I want you, this is not even a question. I want you to figure out how much you earn for one hour of work. So work out your true hourly rate. And the reason that I want you to do that is because it will come in handy when we get to the afterpay. So figure out what it costs the company that pays you for one hour of your time. You might be able to see this on your paycheck as well. And the next question, where do I want to be financially in a year's time? And I want you to really describe this in as much detail as you can. And think about that end goal. So think about in your dream situation in a year from now, what does that look like? And then what I want you to do is list out five steps or five actions that you can take to get you there. These don't need to be big actions. I'll give you some actions right now. You can make a budget or review your budget. You can listen to some of the episodes on She's on the Money. You can finish listening to this episode. You can put $5 away in your savings now. They don't have to be crazy steps, baby steps in the right direction. We're nearly there. I've got three more questions. What do I want to do with money that I can't do now because of the situation I'm in? You might not be in a bad situation, but if you are, this was a big thing for me. And then second last question, what do I want my relationship with money to be in the future? Again, very similar to where you want to be financially, but how does your relationship with money look like? Maybe it looks like not stressing about money. Maybe it looks like not living paycheck to paycheck. Maybe it looks like earning more or having a side hustle or having like a secondary income, or maybe, you know, you get a pay rise, write that down. Last question. Am I willing to put in the effort to change even if it is hard? And I'm going to leave it there. So I want you to work through and answer those questions because I think before you can even do a budget, you need to understand where you're at. Now, guys, I'm going to give you my tips for managing money. We have five tips here. Is it five or is it six? I don't know. Maybe it's six. Okay, so tip number one is understanding where you are now and doing a budget. So this means doing the questions that I just gave you and creating a true budget. It means looking at your last six months of paychecks, looking at your last six months of expenses 
and figuring out where your money is going. Now, I'm going to put a budget that I have used into the Facebook group. It is from moneysmart.gov.au. It's a government website and that actually gives you the budget template. Essentially, what you want to do is record your income. You then want to add up your expenses. So this is like your rent, your mortgage, your bills, your rates, your food, your groceries, your medical costs, your insurances, public transport, Netflix, stand, registration for your car, any subscriptions. Maybe it's a gym membership. Maybe it's childcare, baby products, school fees. And I want you also in the budget to try and factor in things like car servicing or any other like unexpected things that may come up, maybe like house repairs, even like presents, buying birthday presents, Christmas presents can be a really big expense. And obviously we want to factor in any debt that you have too. Now, once you have your budget, you should then be able to see what you're earning, what you're spending, and there will be an amount that comes out, which will either be a surplus when you have got more money left over at the end, or you might have a deficit. Now, if you have a surplus, great, because this is what I would call fun money, but this is where you can figure out what money is going to be used for like hobbies or maybe it's eating out or this is where the money to save comes from. But again, once you work out how much money you have for fun, you can then work out how much of it you would like to save. And I'm going to say, if you do the budget and then what you are spending is more than what you are earning and you're in the deficit, don't panic. That's where I was. But that is how debt starts and that is how debt gets bigger. But it would probably then be a clear indication that some things need to change in the budget. And so maybe that looks like spending less in some areas or earning more if that's a possibility. And then I have a couple other tips on the budget. My advice is adjust it as you go. You might set up a budget that doesn't really cover everything and then you see expenses coming in down the track. Go back in, edit it and use it again. If your expenses start to suddenly increase, maybe that's a sign that you might have to reduce spending elsewhere or maybe you change the savings goal. Or if you get a pay rise or a bonus or a commission payment, you might be able to save some more or maybe pay off the debt. But I will say I personally refresh my budget every six months. I do it at the end of financial year and I do it at the end of the calendar year. And I will say I've changed my budget recently because I've changed the way that I earn income. So I I no longer get a fortnightly secure payment. I get random payments from different avenues of income that I have at the moment. And so I've adjusted that for my lifestyle. Now, there were lots of questions that came up about how much percentage do you save? How do I figure out how much to save? Tell me how much to save. Tell me the percentage. I can't tell you that guys because the best budget is the one that works for you. I have tried the barefoot investor process. I have tried the percentages. It just didn't work. I had to figure out in my budget where my money was going. I had to figure out what was important to me and I had to have a clear goal. And then I was able to work out a budget that worked for me. And I would urge you to do the same. Now, when you figure out your budget, as I just mentioned, you figure out your money values and the She's on the Money podcast talks a lot about this, so I don't want to go into it too much, but your money values are what guides you with spending. And I always say, look at the end goal and then work backwards. And I've had different money goals at different times. My first money goal was, or my money value was to pay off my debt. And then it was to save an emergency fund. And then it was to save for a property. And now my money goal is on renovating my property and buying a car. So people are going to have different money values and goals between us all. Some of you might be saving for a wedding. Some of you might be saving for a holiday. Some of you might be saving for your house. The thing is, no one can tell you what your money values are, what your money goals are. You have to figure them out for yourself. I truly also believe that you can have it all, but sometimes you can't have it all at once. And that was so true for me, especially while I was getting rid of my debt. Tip number two, which is little things add up. So guys, this means looking at things like your electricity and gas bills, your health insurance, your phone bill, your internet, 
and reviewing them. I used to work for an electricity company, so I've got the tea. (laughs) Each year, your electricity and gas pricing will change. And if you're not on a discount, your rates will automatically change and you'll just get a bill saying, these are your new rates and the price will go up. Shop around. Always shop around. It's important to be on the best plan and this stuff definitely adds up. It also might look like cutting back on subscriptions. So, you know, while I was in debt, I sacrificed a bit. I shut off my Netflix account. What else did I shut off? And I'm not saying like you have to shut off everything, but do you need all of the subscription services? Maybe pick the one that's most important to you and get rid of the rest. I also want to say that it can look like DIY beauty. I do my own eyebrows. I recently got them done. I got them waxed um, maybe like a month or two ago for the first time in like four years. But I do my own brows and I stopped getting lash extensions when I was in a lot of debt. And now I just do like hair and nails and I'm getting my hair done actually after I record this episode, which is exciting. But seeing where you can make amendments there. And again, I'm not saying don't do anything for yourself. I'm not saying that. But if you are wanting to save a little bit more, these are just the little things that could add up. The next one is a big one, planning your meals, packing your own lunches. Maybe it means having coffee at home. I'm not going to sit here and say, don't have your avo on toast. I'm saying maybe you can have the avo on toast once a week, or maybe you can buy coffee out once a week. Maybe it's buying lunch at work once a week. Other times, prepare those meals, prepare that food yourself because that does add up too. I'm also going to say grocery shopping. I still do this to this day. I shop at Aldi first and then I go to Woolies and then I go to Coles. Aldi is cheaper. I also always take a shopping list because if you have a list, you buy what's on the list, you stick to the list. That's going to save you more money too in the long run. I'm also going to add in like alcohol and smoking are super expensive. I don't know how many of you go out partying or how many of you smoke or drink, but it doesn't look like cutting back there as well because you will find that you probably will save quite a bit by cutting back on that element of life. I also want to talk about when you are shopping. This is a big one and something that I usually do. I'm sitting in a jumper, by the way, that I outfit repeat all the time. Whenever I buy something, I think, can I wear this again? Does it go with other items in my wardrobe? Does this look like instead of buying it new, can I buy it on Depop? Does it look like selling my clothes on Depop? Again, little things add up. I'm also going to add, because this helped me quite a bit, living with a housemate or a partner or even moving back home. I know not everyone can move back home, but that can help you get ahead, especially in the current conditions, because I know that the cost of living is through the roof. I know that it's really hard to enter the property market. Those little things could potentially mean that you do get ahead. And it may even look like asking for a rent discount from your landlord or even moving to like a cheaper suburb to rent. The next tip, which I kind of covered off in the budget, but is just having a clear goal for what you're saving towards will make it more achievable. Because I think when you think too far ahead or overwhelm yourself, that can kind of derail the whole thing. So you want clear, attainable, achievable goals. And any time that I was saving or any time that I was paying debt, I used to just aim for, I think like $2,000 chunks or $5,000 chunks because that would make it more achievable in my brain. And I found that that worked for me. Next tip I'm going to say is sleep on any purchases. So if there's something you want to buy, sleep on it. And I'm not even saying like a day, sleep on it for a few days, sleep on it for a week. See if you don't end up buying it after that, because I can't tell you a lot of the time impulse purchases for like discretionary stuff are impulse purchases. Once we like sit on it, think about it, do we actually need this item? Sometimes we don't end up buying it. And on that, I want to say, especially for really big purchases, wait until you have the money in your account. Wait until you've saved that amount of money instead of using afterpay for it. The next tip is avoiding lifestyle creep. Now, this I've paired with asking for a pay rise because 
I have a lot of experience in this space. It just means keeping your living costs low. And when you get a rise or a bonus, a lot of the time, our natural instinct is to then go and then spend it. For any kind of money that I earned in, in terms of bonus or promotion, I would always try and put that into savings and not touch it because I've already seen some lifestyle creep happen for myself. And I'll give you an example. Like I used to buy my makeup at Priceline or buy my makeup at Woolies or Chemist Warehouse. And now I buy my makeup at Sephora or at Mecca, which is a lot more expensive, right? And so I think being mindful of that, if you can keep living off what you were living off before you get a rise, keep doing that because that will help you get ahead as well. And on that, ask for your rises. If you are moving jobs, taking a promotion, always ask for a pay rise. And in general, when you're having your yearly review, ask for a pay rise. I've taken jobs in the past where I moved teams and I didn't even t- I didn't even ask for a rise. I just moved teams on the same salary. Very silly of me, but I was very young in my 20s and I had no idea. You can ask for what you deserve. And I have seen it even recently in like hiring staff. People that ask for what they want generally get it. What's the worst that someone's going to say? No, but we can do another episode on that eventually. And then I'm going to say my last two tips. We will talk about this one a little bit more in the listener questions, but having a rainy day fund. So having an emergency fund, I don't think it's talked about enough, but I think it's super important. And it was the first chunk of money that I saved after being in debt. And it just gives me peace of mind. And I think having an emergency account is almost like something you can have instead of having a credit card. So highly recommend that. And I will talk about that a little bit more in a second. And then lastly, still having self-care and still living life. There are lots of self-care things that you can do on a budget. Lots of self-care things that are free, things like going for a walk, meditation, a breathing activity, journaling, getting out in nature, watching the sunrise or sunset, listening to your favorite song or calling a friend. I personally love buying myself flowers now, but I always say you don't have to go and buy yourself flowers. You can do something for free that's on a budget. And I might actually put a post in the Facebook group for things that we love to do on a budget for self-care because I think that would be nice to see what everyone does. And just on that, I still believe that life is meant to be enjoyed and And I think knowing what I know from having so much debt to now being in a better position and and smarter with my money, life is meant to be lived. Life is also really short. And so, you know, factoring in things like holidays and fun is still really important and something that I would recommend because you don't just want to live saving everything and not enjoying life because that's not the point of life. We want to obviously look after ourselves, look look after our financial future and enjoy the moment as well. And then lastly, guys, this is a long episode. I want to tell you my favorite favorite platforms for this kind of content. So I've already mentioned She's on the Money. The next one is My Millennial Money. I'm absolutely obsessed with this podcast. Check them out. They've also got a Facebook group as well. And they've also got an Instagram account that I follow. Then there's Girls That Invest. I love their content too. And then I have Tash Invests. And you can find her on TikTok and on Instagram. And I've spoken to her about possibly coming on the podcast soon. So I'm really keen to get her on too. All right, guys, now we're diving into the listener questions. This episode is a long one, so I'm going to try and get through this in the next 10 minutes. But the first question is, I can't get out of the afterpay trap. Help. So guys, if this is you, please don't panic. Don't beat yourself up. So I know that a lot of us probably use afterpay. I also know that for a very small portion of us, afterpay can actually be a good way to like manage our cash flow and may help with our cash flow. But I think for most of us, the majority of us, it really just teaches and reinforces some really bad spending. Because what happens is 
when you use Afterpay, it creates like this disconnection between you and what you buy. And I'm going to say, for me, what worked was going cold turkey. And I would recommend this. Literally shutting your account from today, from the day that you listen to this episode, shut it down, pay it off. For me, it was the smallest debt I had, so I paid that off first, but close the account and then work on relearning healthy money habits. Now, it does take practice and it does take time, but you can do this. I had to relearn a healthy approach to spending because after using Afterpay, it had taught me terrible money behavior. But then what I moved to was if there was something that I wanted and I would buy it on Afterpay, it was always clothes and makeup, by the way, I would wait. I would wait until I had that money in my account. And what I would even recommend doing is opening up a separate account and even calling it like Afterpay and making your own Afterpay, putting money in there for the things that you want to buy. And once you've got the money in there, go and buy it outright so that you're not buying it on a line of credit. And I want to say again, this takes time to relearn the new habit, but it is absolutely possible. And as I mentioned before, figuring out that hourly rate is really important because you can look at what you're buying and then think, hmm, is that $300 purchase really worth this much of my time? This is how much work I have to do to get that $300 item. Is that really worth it? And you can make the choice if it is worth it or not. But I really like doing that because it puts that buffer between you and the purchase and you and the impulse buy and you and that afterpay relationship because it's like, well, this is a connection that I'm really making. I'm not just almost getting this product for free or discounted, which are not an afterpay, but it makes you feel like that. And just on that, this is also why I will never do an ad for any like buy now pay later schemes because they fueled something in me that got me more into debt and I just think for the majority of us it is unhelpful and is not teaching us good money habits and so I will say if you're in the afterpay trap it's okay it's trained to do that to you but you can get yourself out of it by doing that Then I'm going to jump into listener question number two, which is where to start with an emergency fund and what do you use an emergency fund for? Now, I think having an emergency fund helps you avoid getting into debt and it's something that is not spoken about and should be spoken about, but it's great for any unplanned expenses and financial emergencies. And I started with something really basic. I think at first I saved $1,000 and then I saved $2,000 and slowly, slowly I add to that. Some people say that you might need three or six months worth of money to cover living expenses. But some of the things I have used it for have been like vet bills, car repairs, dental bills. And I've been very lucky to never lose my job. But if I was to lose my job or be without income, I would have used that emergency money. And I'm going to say at the start, I kept my emergency money in my bank account. Now it sits in my offset account against my home loan. But you want it to be accessible. And I would say start small first, but then slowly, slowly add to it and don't touch it until you have an emergency. And then the last question, and I'm sorry, guys, I am flying through this because we're, we're, we're nearly getting over the time, but how to spend without feeling guilty. Now, I love this because as I said earlier, life is there to be lived and enjoyed. And I would always start with awareness, but figure out what it is that's making you feel guilty and why. And then I would say, if you have your budget in check, you will be able to assess where everything is going. And that also leads to being okay with spending money on the things that you enjoy. Now, as long as it's in line with your values, then it should be something that you can do with ease without carrying that guilt. And so work it into your budget. I have a few different accounts set up. I am not going to go through like any banking details, but I have an account for fun. 
I have an account for self-care. I have an account for Franklin. I have an account for a holiday. I have an account for donations. I have my emergency account. I have an account that I put aside money for my rates. But all of my money when it comes into my account gets assigned to something every single dollar. And I feel okay putting money into the fun account because, oh no, <laughs> my my vodcast camera just died. Damn. But I feel okay with putting money into my fun account or my self-care account or my holiday account because it's assigned for, right? If it's important for you and part of your money goals, you should be able to spend without feeling guilty. And I would say make room to spend on the things that you care about because life is here to be enjoyed. Now guys, this was a jam-packed episode. So I'm going to say, take a deep breath because I'm taking a deep breath. (laughs) But if you are are struggling with your money, you can contact a financial counselor. I mentioned before, it's a free and confidential service. So that's linked in the show notes. But if you are in crisis and struggling to make ends meet, I've also linked that in the notes and you can contact the national debt hotline on one 800 All right, guys, I think I have chatted your ear off. This episode, I put too much into it. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I know that I was flying through everything, but I still hope that it provided value. And as I said, we will do more episodes on this in the future. All right. Now, before I go, please join the Facebook group if you haven't. Don't forget about our weekly giveaway. And if you like this episode, please leave me a review or a rating or tell your friends about it and share it on your story. As always, I appreciate your support so, so much. And I love you guys. So thank you for this week. Thank you for listening. I hope that you have a great week ahead. I hope that whenever you're listening to this, if it's on the Sunday, if it's on the Monday, or even if it's on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, that you have a great week ahead. I love you. Look after yourself. I will see you next time. All right. Bye guys. The Your Safe Space podcast is recorded on Wurundjeri land. This podcast acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land.